0: yo
1: and hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the golden age of cardboard podcast i hope you meant to click on this and uh if you did or even if you didn't mean to you're gonna enjoy yourself today because we're gonna be talking vintage cards and it's already february i can't believe it i'm just sitting here going holy crap (laughs) this year is already feels like it's flying by Strongsville will be here before I know it. Nashville, not Nashville, uh, the National. It's like, yeah, it'll all be happening so, so fast. You know, over the years that I've been in this hobby, uh, there's a couple things that I've really come to appreciate and realize. And that is, A, you can't ever know everything about everything. There's always more to learn. and. Again, no matter how long I've been in this hobby, I'm always learning something. And I, and I actually love that about the hobby. And the other part about it is you can never have enough good friends in the hobby. And there's a gentleman I'm going to have on today who uh, really epitomizes both of those. He's become a friend over the last year or so. And he also has an amazing collection and a lot of insight. And I'm going to pick his brain a little bit today. I'll go ahead and bring him on now. And it's uh it's Rick who is Rocket Rick J18 on YouTube. Rick,
0: how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, you're you bet. Uh I mentioned I'm gonna pick your brain here in a minute, but first, I you know, this is your first time on the show, and I want you to give a little history. You know, people can go to your channel and kind of obviously catch up on, on everything Rocket Rick that they want, but <laughs> What's your brief, uh, you know, collecting history, collecting story? And then I want to hear you, you can dovetail that into how you got into YouTube.
0: Okay. Well, I um, I have two distinct periods uh, of collecting. Uh, one when I was a kid that lasted from 1959 to about 1969, more or less. Uh, in 1969, as you might imagine, that's when I first got a car and subsequently thereafter a girlfriend. And so those two things occupied my time and interest for a, a while. Fair enough. But, but in uh, in 1986, I went to a card show at a local uh, Holiday Inn and... Uh, i bought a box of tops baseball cards just a regular you know the current year and i bought a 1960 Topps mickey mantle card raw raw no 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 i didn't even know what graded cards were i don't even know if there were graded cards i, I assume there were but uh
1: very few it was the the beginnings of that
0: world. Yeah. I, I know I didn't have any. And um, so that, uh, and, and I was, and I just bought it because, you know, Mickey Mantle was my favorite player as a kid. And uh, I played many, many, many hours of wiffle ball, imagining that I was in Yankee Stadium. And uh, I was, uh, I, I taught myself to be a, a switch hitter uh, in wiffle ball. And, uh, you know, I just loved hitting home runs left-handed, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was, a it was a blast. So, um, you know, that's what kind of got me started again. Um, and I didn't really know what to collect. So I kind of had a shotgun approach and, you know, I bought some vintage cards at local card shops and local, um, you know local uh shows and i bought a lot of contemporary cards and i have literally thousands of them uh, I, and i don't know what to do with them i mean they're they're in boxes most of them haven't seen the light of day in, you know probably 30 or 35 years uh, a lot of junk wax and uh, i enjoyed them i mean i enjoyed opening them i enjoyed buying them but i do very little of that now and uh, so that's kind of how I, how i got to into collecting and i very shortly into my collecting experience uh, started collecting sets although i was interested in individual cards and i bought a lot of vintage cards individually but but um i bought a lot of contemporary sets or what i'll call you know sets that were out at, at that particular time and i worked my way back in time starting with i think I 86 and then 87 and then i went back and i picked up you know 85 and 84 and 83 and so on just back that way sometimes buying a whole set sometimes putting a set together sometimes both um i think i have three complete 1987 uh, tops sets but i think uh,
1: there's enough 87 top sets out there for every american to have three
0: i think that there are uh you know (laughs) so you know that was uh but I, i got You know, I I said I I was buying vintage cards at at the time. They were not vintage cards. They were they were the current year's offerings. (laughs) And uh, uh, but I didn't I didn't have any of those cards. Uh, I had one. I had a a 1972 Topps Willie Stargell card that my wife had found somewhere and gave to me. And, uh, you know, that was. uh, buying these vintage cards was what occupied my time and attention when I wasn't, you know, putting together a current set or looking to buy one. And I got the Donruss and the Fleer and then later on the upper deck and the leaf and, you know, all, all kinds of uh, contemporary cards, but usually by buying a set, I, I didn't, didn't open too many more boxes after after that initial rush. And let's see. Uh, as far as uh, uh, you know, my interest now. I'm mostly interested in vintage. Uh, I I get a top set every year as a complete set, and I take it out and sort the cards and put them in, in in a binder. So I have a. Of probably I don't know, somewhere north of a hundred complete sets in binders of one sort or another. That's crazy. Uh I, oh, have, I, have,
1: so many, I have so many questions, but I'll wait. I'll let okay. you finish and then I'll start asking.
0: Well, you, you can start anytime because uh, I'm I'm not uh, I don't have a pre-planned script for myself. So uh, I'm kind of relying on you to to keep things rolling. And if I wax too long on a particular subject, don't hesitate to say enough about that. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, How did I get on YouTube? Well, I was, uh, I I was introduced to the golden age of cardboard. Uh, It was, it was well before your hundredth episode. And I started going back and watching existing videos that you'd already recorded and every week i would of course you know listen to the new episode that just came out and i i was fascinated by all of the information that was out there and available on youtube uh, about vintage cards Um, and that got me interested in watching you know getting on youtube and watching uh, different uh, things on YouTube, uh, different people that collected vintage cards, and you know, I just typed in vintage cards, and you know, got a whole list of uh, offerings, and uh, and they were all <laughs> terrific. Uh, but I didn't, I, I did that for about a year, just uh, lurking, you know, as I think is the term that we is used now, and um, and then I, you know, gradually started. Commenting, and uh, you know that was that was pretty good for a while. And my, my wife kept saying, well, "Why don't you you know Why don't you make a video?" And uh, so one day in in February last year, I I worked up the courage to sit down in front of the camera and make a video. And uh, I haven't watched it since then because it it's it's just awful. <laughs> and it's painful to watch. <laughs> so I, needless to say I was not comfortable in front of the camera.
1: <laughs> it's terrifying I think for it, all of us to start. Yeah,
0: it, it is. Terrifying. And I just said, you know what the heck, you know, I'm just I'm just going to be myself and hopefully I'll get better. And I hope that that's been the case. So uh that's that's Pretty it, I I think that that my wife is my YouTube muse. I think she watches all my videos, and she suffered uh, last night through a two-hour marathon live stream, oh, <laughs> which man. just got away from us, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I am today.
1: Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad to know that. Finding Golden Age of Cardboard, this podcast was was an inspiration for you. And and yeah. hopefully just in your collecting, you said it. it's taught you a lot. I hear that a lot from people that privately they'll send me a message. Hey, I've learned so much from your podcast. It's taken me down this rabbit hole and it's been wonderful and all these different things. Uh, believe me, it, the success of this show is all about who's sitting in that chair, not about who's sitting in this chair, because I am blessed to know a lot of great people in this hobby and have made some connections that have allowed me to bring guests on that are incredibly knowledgeable. And what I want to pick your brain about, speaking of being a knowledgeable guest, this lifetime really of collecting sets that you've done, when you tell me I have 100 plus sets in binders, I don't know whatever i am working on this uh, and i've i think i've expressed this to people on the show that i'm kind of slowly working back i i had all the 80s sets from when i was a kid you know i built them myself mm-hmm. built you know broke boxes and built sets and multiple sets sometimes and whatever and then i started just buying the factory sets similar to what mm-hmm. we do now i do the same thing you do yep. rick i buy one sometimes two sets uh because I started buying two because i figured why not buy two for twice the price to have one i can put in a binder and one i can keep in the sealed box just in case that becomes some magical year of oh my gosh all these great players and whatnot you really don't know yet in the current year if how that set's going to age right, right. if it's going to be classic or if it's going to be crap you just don't know mm-hmm. and so That's been my thought lately, the last couple of years. What I have struggled with is when I probably from about 80 backwards, I bought all the sets complete and I would buy I would look for specifically on auction houses, lots of, like I say, lots, like a lot, like not a bunch of, but multiple sets in one lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I always found that you could do that much cheaper on a per set basis, because a lot of people only want one of the, one of the, you know, there might be six years worth of sets. And most people aren't looking for all six years. I happened to be the guy that Mm -hmm. was, and so I was, but I was able to buy them relatively cheap, uh, compared to if I would have bought them all individually. And so I worked my way back to 73 and I kind of stopped for a long time. 73 is my birth year. Mm -hmm. So I just stopped. And I thought that's good enough. Right, that was kind of my my thought. Mm-hmm. Then it turned into, well, when I wait a second, I am collecting all these Hall of Famers of these uh, vintage years, you know, basically fifty Bowman to to eighty. And I thought, you know, I really do. Maybe I do want to get in the struggle where I was going. Maybe I do want to do it. And the reason I hesitated a lot was, do I really need to buy a common card of some guy i don't know and Mm -hmm. what's the point right what is the Mm -hmm. point why should i do that and i got over that when i found i could buy the sets pretty cheap by buying them complete or i would buy them and tell whoever owned it hey take out go ahead and pull i bought my 65 set this way uh guy a dealer had it in a binder. I said, look, I don't need, I have all the hall of famers. You can pull the mantle, the maze, the Clemente, the Kofax. I don't care. I don't need them. I have them. That took the set from this price way down, you know, significantly lower to where on a per card basis, it, it started making mm-hmm. sense and still not inexpensive, but way better than for me. I have a lot of projects, right? So I don't want to spend as, as joyous as it might be over time. The grind of building a set card by card right, just does not appeal to me. For mm-hmm. I get that it appeals to a lot of people and they love hunting for that perfect card to add to their set. Kudos to them. It's just not me. <laughs> so I bought a complete 65 set. And Rick, what I did was I, it was in a binder already, which this mm-hmm. is. This is what got me down the binder road by the way is that set? i bought that set in a binder and it was glorious we all know how awesome a set looks in a binder and flipping through the pages and and all of that the what i did was i took all those spaces that they had pulled all the hall of famers out i made scans of my car of my of my slab right re re ratioed it basically to the size of a card and stuck it in printed it cut it out and stuck it Mm -hmm. in the slot so that I don't, I don't like the empty slots. Right. So I'm, I'm slowly that the way I'm just, the way I've described how I'm doing this now is I'll buy a, a a near complete set or mostly complete set and okay, boom, 62 done, 71 done. And I'm piecing it together to try to complete this master project that you've almost completed. And that's having every, top space card flagship card that's ever been released so my first question to you after hearing kind of how i think which might be very different from how other people think out there Mm -hmm. but it sounds like we've we thought kind of similar like ideally i'd just like to buy the set but i'll put it together if i have to but ideally right Mm -hmm. you have a hundred plus binders how in? God's green earth, do you store that many binders? And is it a major, is that, what's your hurdle? What's your big, you know, oh my gosh, this, this really sucks about set building?
0: Well, um, the binders that, that that I have uh, sort of fall into two categories. One is tops and bowmen. Okay. And so uh, I have three, floor-to-ceiling bookshelves that are filled with binders and i do them by it just happens that a decade worth of binders fits on one of these shelves so i have a shelf for 50s a shelf for 60s 70s 80s 90s zeros 10s 20s well you know if you start with uh you know, 1952 tops, and you go to 2023 tops. I mean, that's 72 cents. So that's Damn. how you get to, That's how you get to a hundred.
1: Right? Were uh, the you know, Were the shelves already custom, or were they already built in your house? You happen to have them, or did you? you custom- no,
0: no. Uh, they're just are the store bought, uh, and uh, you know, I, I had bought a lot of bookshelves for books because I, I also have a lot of books. And these three that are, if you can kind of see back here in the, in the top uh, right hand, well, it'd be over my left shoulder. There's a door back there with a dog print on it. Uh, just to the, uh, if you were facing that door, it'd be just to your left is where the corner is, that is, is where I have uh, my baseball cards.
1: Okay.
0: And there's three, like I said, there's three shelves there. Uh, Theoretically, they would hold uh, 50 years worth of cards each. But obviously, I I don't go back 50 years. Although my, my 50s sets, because they were smaller sets, I can also throw in a couple of other things and so i have my all of my my bowman sets there also because i can fit 48 through 55 bowman in a few binders and then the rest of the space is taken up with the with with 52 through 59 tops and they all fit on you know they all fit together because you know they're small sets and when you get up to uh uh, you know, 660 cards plus 330 update cards. Well, that now sets a little more, you know, pound for pound uh, uh, challenging. So that's, that's how it happens. It happens over time. I mean, it took 40, you know, almost getting on now, 50, almost 50 years now to, to collect them all. I didn't start out to be a set collector. I didn't start out to accumulate all these sets. It just happened over time. I mean, that's how it developed.
1: Do you, and I'm asking this not only for me, but hopefully other people that have, that are either A, thinking about getting into the set building world or have toyed with it and given up because of whatever bad experience they had or just storage. Mm-hmm challenges etc that's my biggest challenge is the storage challenge. my room here is already overflowing. I don't have room for three shelves as much as I would mm-hmm. love to have I could have room for three shelves I'd have to get rid of something else and that's just yeah it's not on the docket but did you know there's uh, I have a master checklist of all the sets and this includes 51 tops which is some people right. call that a set some don't I personally do. Tops put it out, it's it's cards, so there you go. Um, I
0: have 40, one. Of
1: you have one fifty-one Tops? Yeah. I, I only have seven, so I'm not far in, in, out of the 104 cards that are in the set. But the
0: grand no, I, total. I, I, I didn't mean one card. I have one set. Oh, okay. I have the red, have the red back set.
1: So. Gotcha. So. I'm going to try to get red and blue someday. Uh, yeah,
0: but, I'd like to also.
1: 46,781 base tops cards have been issued through 2023. And we're about, you know, we're only nine days away from 2024 series one coming out. Yep. Uh, But, you know, it's, that's a lot of cards and especially a lot of of binders. Has it ever, do you buy your binders in bulk? Do you buy your pages in bulk? How do you try to keep the cost per, because that's another barrier for a lot of people is the cost to,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it costs maybe as much to, especially for the junk wax stuff, it costs as much to buy the binder and the pages as it does for the cards themselves. How mm-hmm. do you justify that? How do you deal with that?
0: Well, Just- I do buy in bulk, but it's been over such a long period of time that, uh, you know, I, I don't really have uniform, which I'd love to have because I'm a little OCD. Uh, I don't have uniform binders because, you know, company, you know, I started out with uh, Howard Sports Cards over in Ohio, somewhere over in Ohio. I forget the name of the town. And I used those binders for a long time, but I, I haven't seen them in a long time. So, you know, I've just changed over the years to getting the, you know, this particular manufacturer or another one. You know, the the sheets have changed over time and they're much better now than they were in 1986 when i started so it's you know it, it it's evolved and uh, uh it's just uh it's it, it's really hard to be consistent over a 50-year period so for sure uh, that's one of the biggest issues and i so i don't worry about that you know it's you, you we talk about frankenstein slabs well i have frankenstein binders you know right <laughs> so it's yeah, just it and, is what it is
1: <laughs> and, and i do too you know and it and it bothers me a lot but yeah. i'm also like god do i really want to spend x dollars you know no. uh geez mikey has yeah finders to me they're all the same I, I agree and it looks i i get why he likes i'm like that's how i gravitate towards that
0: look. Absolutely
1: and yet i know i've looked those binders up they're like baseball themed binders for those you guys don't know out there they they have a looks like uh you know uh god what am i thinking of on a baseball
0: like a baseball
1: it does look like a baseball on the front and they're all consistent and they're really cool but they're expensive you know they're even if you buy a bunch at a time they're 15 to 20 dollars per Imagine mm-hmm. having to do that for a hundred sets. You'd be like, nah, I'm good. Unless you hit the lottery, then you wouldn't care. Yeah. But yeah. most of us have a budget and it's, so it's like, oh. or, or I think I could buy a lot of cards with that money to buy right. this storage exactly. stuff. And if you have where I land on, it usually is I've got my, the binders I have are fine. There's not they're not mm-hmm. messed up. They're not broken. Right. It's just going to be what it is. I'm going to have some that are maroon colored, some that are blue, some that are black, (laughs) you know, I I wish I could be the same. Uh, I do when ultra pro, for example, has, I get, I'm on their subscription list for sales. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get those and I'll go buy a whole case, even though I don't need them right this second. I'm like, well, if they're six bucks a piece, I'll, I'll buy a case just to have them ready to go for when I get my next set. So, that's
0: exactly what I do.
1: Yeah, I take advantage of these opportunity. I'm not in a hurry. That's that's another. Right. I think if you were to give a piece of advice, you would probably echo that. Don't be in a hurry, right? Like you said, it took you 50 years. Yeah. You could go do it right now if you had enough money, but just sure be patient with it. You know, again, I I buy these binders not knowing when I'm going to get the sets or when I'm going to put pull them out of the box and actually put right. them in the binder. So. I'm just being patient, but, you know, you agree?
0: I do. It's, uh, you know, it's first of all, you're, you're doing this because you like it. It's fun. If it started to be a drudge, you, you know, you'd stop doing it. I right. think, I, I mean, I, I don't feel think. compelled. I don't feel compelled to keep continue to collect cards because I, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. I just like doing it. I still like it, you know, and it's a great thrill for me to finish a set because usually it takes a couple of years and I, and that's how I did the vintage. I just went back one year at a time uh, and I usually would start out by buying the mantle card. Now, the only one I didn't buy was uh, the obvious one. I don't, I don't have a 52 tops Mickey mantle card and i may never have one but uh if i don't uh, it won't be for lack of interest
1: <laughs> fair enough what is uh, some advice if, if somebody's out there thinking about building sets what's some advice that given your experience you would tell them
0: well um it, i think you you put your finger on it it's it's be patient uh you're not going to You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Your collection wasn't built in a day. Uh, Even if if your style is to do X, Y, and Z, that can change over time. Um, But I've I've always gotten a thrill out of collecting a set, and uh, I think the advice that I would give is, if you're interested, you know, try to uh, you know take advantage of whatever bargains you can come across i'm I'm not a slave to to the uh, you know to the grade of the card, and I don't uh, it's more important for me to have an example even if that example you know is missing a corner or is cut in half um, and i I use my fifty nine uh, uh, 59 Fleer, uh Card number sixty-eight, as as an example, of that mine mine is literally in two pieces. Oh wow! But uh, it's it it just so happens, and I don't know how it got this way, but you 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 can kind of gently push one edge against the uh, the the other, and it'll stick. And so I somehow or another, I once I got it in a penny sleeve like that. And then I put that in the binder, uh, and I haven't touched it since then because I know what will happen. <laughs> but you know, I, I got a card that uh, you know, in in any sort of decent condition, would have been a thousand dollar card, and uh, you know, I got it for less than a hundred. Well, if you're collecting every card, you you got to take advantage of those opportunities. I think.
1: I think that's another piece of advice that people should take is uh, we can't buy every card in perfect condition. You're going to, unless again, you're super uber rich. Most of us are, I'll take what I can get and I will build a set. You can always upgrade later. That's kind of what I tell people. Um, And buying in lots is a great way to buying chunks of the set as you, if you have opportunities to do that is great. And where I would tell people to start is start with a year that you really like. If you don't know right. if you're going to like set collecting, start in a year that you really like first, and then, okay, I, I enjoyed that. I didn't enjoy it. Whatever your experience ends up ultimately being, and then, then do the next one. Or, right. okay, I'm going to sell that set because I realize I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you'll get there quickly, right?
0: Yes. Uh, I, I used to have a, a sheet that had all. It was just a sheet of numbers, and I would use that. I would circle a number whenever I got the card that corresponded to that, and that was good for a while. Um, but uh, it, it it got kind of bulky after a bit too, so that 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 wasn't a per, a good permanent solution. So now I I take uh, either four by six or three by five cards, depending on what I happen to have. And I do this with them. I write all the numbers of the cards I don't have, or maybe all of the numbers. And then if I order one on eBay, I usually circle that number. And then when it comes in, I cross it out. Gotcha. If I buy it at a show, of course I'm, I don't have any delay between when it's when it's purchased and paid for and when when I actually get physical possession of it. So you see a lot of things on there that just have an X on them. And then if it's a if it's a superstar, sometimes I write the name in when it and so I can get an idea about how many, uh, you know, how many big cards I have have yet to get this. This happens to be uh 52 tops this this particular so you can see on the back sides where where I have all the high numbers yeah. and I don't actually have anything checked off back there uh no I haven't gotten any high numbers yet yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so that's you know that and I and I keep them stuffed in the pages of this uh Beckett guide number 10 Oh Which God. is my uh, <laughs> my Bible, so to speak, for baseball card collecting. Um, and uh, I, last year at at the uh, get together, I, I got Dr. Beckett to sign it. Oh, of, course. So of course, that was really cool. He was so so pleasant and so accommodating. Uh, I, I really really enjoyed meeting him and. Um, uh, so I don't know how many opportunities he gets to autograph, uh, you know, a, uh, I think that's, that goes back to 1988. So, you know, 35 year edition I of owned, his price guide.
1: <laughs> I owned that price guide at one point.
0: Uh, I'm sure. The, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: yeah. He's great about, I bet he enjoyed seeing that and seeing how much you've used it and had it in your collection
0: yeah. for- the, the other thing that I do uh, is this is my checklist uh, so you know I, I this this is just a page from the 1962 top set and you know it's got these convenient little boxes on there you can uh, you know I I guess you could check them but I I just fill them in uh, I'm, I'm a Practiced, um you know, test uniform test takers. So there you got to got to fill in the square. Yeah. <laughs> what was the money,
1: but... What was the hardest set for you to complete? Maybe the most frustrating that you've now completed that you're done with. What's
0: What's mm. been? Well, the hardest, probably the hardest set to collect. Uh, it's They're getting harder because the cards are getting more expensive. The, but the last set that I completed in this uh, run of Tops and Bowman was the 49 Bowman set. And the last card was Satchel Page. So that took about a year uh, from the moment that I said, you know, I'm going to try to get this set. And at, at the 22 National, I bought uh, Roy Campanella and uh, Yogi Berra at, at the same time from Kit Young cards. And I mention his name specifically because when I started buying cards from Kit Young, he was still in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, so he has moved personally twice since then. Uh, his card business is still in San Diego, but he lives in Hawaii. And uh, I, although I had met him a couple of times at, at nationals or big card shows and certainly had transacted a lot of business through the mail, a lot of it was pre-Ebay. And so then you'd you'd have that card, and I just xerox the card and and send it into, you know, one of the one of his staff and say, uh, you know, just uh, uh, start sending me cards every, you know, so often, and uh, and they would check with me and say, are you ready for some more? And I'd say yeah. And he said, how much you want to spend? And I'd tell him, and then it, they would pick out the cards from my list uh, and send them to me you know and i'd pay for them of course give them a credit card number and that's how i got a lot of cards in the days before ebay uh, and i and not just kit young but uh you know, my, if my wife said what do you want for christmas i said well how about get me a baseball card and she said well ha, w- you know how do i do that well i'd get xerox that card uh, the three by five card and i give that to her so just get anything on here if you call kit young cards somebody will answer the phone and they'll go pull cards based on you know whatever you tell them how much you want to spend if you don't want to if you don't want to identify individual cards just send them a copy of that and and then you know tell them how much you want to spend that's great. And so she would do that and I tried to make it easy for her you know but but she's she may have bought more cards from Kit Young than I have <laughs> awesome. uh, uh
1: What else did I want to ask you? So 49 Bowman you you obviously yeah. have you've completed that set so you have the
0: Jackie. Yeah. yes I I had the Jackie already. Uh, it's not in not in pristine condition by any means. It's uh, you know it's got creases. It's got uh, you know corner wear. It's uh, uh, but it still looks good. And uh, uh, the uh, the uh, satchel I I got at the national last year in Chicago, and I I actually uh, did my first card trade my general collecting philosophy is if i ever had it i've still got it and uh so i broke with that tradition at the national last year and i i found a dealer who had a a uh, satchel it was in better condition than i was prepared to buy i I think it's a I believe it's a it's a a a four sgc four and uh i traded a a michael jordan what what uh, what i'll call his rookie card even though it's really his third year card uh and i had it graded at the national because the dealer that i was working with um he He, he would, he was interested in trading. He said, I I would do, I would try to work something out with you, but can you get it graded? And I said, sure, I'll do it right here. You know, right here at the national. And I, I went and went through the process and paid the extra to get it delivered then. And, and I made a trade. Now it, it came back a seven. So, uh, i had to put a a little cash with it too but uh, that was all right i i ended up uh i think giving him 500 in cash and his his price for the for the satchel that he had marked on his card was thirty four hundred dollars well i've never paid anything close to that for a card i didn't pay that much for my uh 51 bowman mantle uh But I, you know, I I had to try something different, try something new. And uh, so this year I'm going to take a, you know, stack of relatively lower grade uh, cards that are duplicates. And I had a bunch of them graded in January uh, from SGC. And I'm going to take those and hopefully I'll get a few more uh, graded before, before going. So I'll have some, you know, Stuff to offer, and maybe enough to make a down payment on something that I'm that I'd like to get, like a I'm interested in getting a Ty Cobb card. Uh, Reward, although, yeah. although they're not rare, they are very expensive. Uh, are so, you,
1: so, you're going to the National? Are you going to Strongsville in April? Yes, yeah, I am. I right, so I'll get to shake your hand again.
0: I, I actually live about uh. I'd say less than two hundred miles from Strongsville,
1: okay, so kind of right around the corner,
0: just up the interstate.
1: there you go. Is there a set for you, Rick, that you haven't started at all that's on your radar to to start in the future
0: well um i've I have started a couple, and uh, i I guess I get the play ball cards I've been interested in a long time. And I, I do have a 39 play ball set. I don't have very many 41 play ball cards. And although that's not a very big set, it's got some big boy cards in it for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's on my radar uh i i did acquire one of those cards i do have the the uh uh, ted williams or the joe dimaggio rather I, i don't have the ted williams um i'm working on the 40 set i haven't really started working on the 41 set so that that one's on my radar
1: little known fact about me i like the 40 play ball better than the 41
0: well it has it has a lot of Really neat cards in it, including a Joe Jackson, which yeah, uh, you know, obviously not playing days, but still, you know,
1: yeah, the forty-one cool. by and large is a just a repeat of the forty, colorized and yep. only current players, right? And it's got some, you know, it's got Pee Wee Reese's rookie in the forty-one, which is cool, but the forty-play ball has half, almost half the set is retired greats, you know, yep. and. Yep. Fortunately, it's missing. If it had Cobb and Ruth and Gehrig, it would be a monster set. And I yep. uh it has Wagner and Matthewson and Walter mm. Johnson and all the nicknames, you know, Walter Big Train Johnson, right? And yeah. And their actual black and white photographs instead of being colorized images, uh so I'd rather have the black and white. I mean, I just like them better. I like the way they look. Yeah. Uh, and so I have that whole hall of fame run done. I don't have the Jackson, uh, the Sheila's Joe card, but all the other ones, the DiMaggio and the yeah. William and the Jimmy, Jimmy Fox and Mel Ott and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, I love having those. I absolutely. And I have them in a myriad of grades from yeah. one MK to six. You know sure and and i bought them when they were they've always been thought of as the you know kind of ugly stepsister of 41 playball mm-hmm. and i just i never got it i always i always liked the 40 i like the 41 playball too so it's not like i'm saying they're terrible cards i love them and it's funny because i don't have the DiMaggio in 41 I do have the Williams and the Fox and the Pee-wee Reese but I don't have the DiMaggio, and I want to get the DiMaggio because mm-hmm. yeah. what a great year, right? I mean, forty-one. You had fifty-six, right, and four hundred six, and there's some pretty monstrous baseball historic numbers associated sure. with forty-one. And uh, so I, I get it, but uh, that's cool that you're doing the forty play ball or kind of kind of start rolling. Yeah. Like that. It's a good one.
0: Uh, so I I, I don't th- you know obviously uh i'll never have a complete set of uh, t206s uh, i probably will never have a col- I, I not, well I, I never will have a complete set of 33 gaudis but um you know i i am working on a 35 gaudi set which i think is achievable it's not nearly as many cards and uh the uh all, although the, the they're all the the rus and the Gehrigs are are all comma cards now uh, they're, they're low comma cards, they're not, uh, not, not a lot of zeros after them like there are in the 33 Gaudi set. The so 30 it's, are it's all tool.
1: the 35s four and ones, yes, yeah, okay. Uh, because I have the Ruth from that set, but I don't have,
0: yeah, there's two Ruths, uh, okay, they're, they're identical except for the number.
1: Oh, okay, I have. Mine's with Rabbit Moranville, and Mm -hmm. I can't remember the other two guys, but um, and mine's a two and a half or something, you know, very low grade, but glad to own it. That's a cool set. Uh, yeah, sorry, uh, 33 34 have gotten incredibly popular, yes, and when I mean popular, that translates into expensive because literally just a few years ago, you could buy any of the four roofs for a couple grand. And now you can't find any of them in any kind of condition for really under eight to 10 grand.
0: And that. Yeah. I I remember seeing the, the Babe Ruths from the 33 Gaudi set at, at prices like 600 $650. Yeah.
1: Oh, Uh, what we could have done.
0: I always thought, well, I'd like to have one, but, you know, I'm not collecting that set. And, you know, instead of buying that, I'd I'd buy the, you know, I'd buy the Hank Aaron rookie card or something, you know, something that was in a set that I was collecting. Yeah. So I guess I can't, you know, can't say that I missed out uh, because if I'd have bought that Ruth card, I wouldn't have something else that probably went up just as much.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, awesome. Um, We were going to do, guys, we were going to do a little where where Rick picked my brain a little bit. But I've wasted all of our time. I've used all the time (laughs) picking Rick's brain and asking him questions. It really
0: went by so fast.
1: Well, that just means you're going to have to come back on on a future episode and we can have another discussion. But, Rick, I appreciate your experience in the hobby. I appreciate your wisdom that you bring to this topic and uh your experience is valuable and I hope everybody out there got something out of this. Any final words before we close this sucker down?
0: Well, if you're interested in collecting sets, you have to have uh you you're a marathon runner. Yeah. And uh you know, you you got to you got to have that approach. You you're not going to run the whole race in the first 10 minutes.
1: So build up your stamina, and get out yep. there, and, and I would say just start. But uh, if you want to check out Rick, he's uh, Rocket Rick J eighteen on YouTube. I will put a link in this video if you're watching on YouTube in the description to go check out Rick's channel and just uh, just watch him talk about his collection. It's it's what yeah. we all do here. I, so Rick, I'm...
0: go ahead. I'm trying to work through, uh, you know, all those sets and to show them. And and I'm up to 1955 uh, Bowman. I'm doing them year by year. So I started with a 39 play ball, and that's how far I've gotten in a year. Well, thanks for what you're
1: doing, Rick. I appreciate you. And thanks, everybody out there, uh, as always, for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys soon uh, next week, as a matter of fact, for another episode. Keep collecting.
0: Thank you, Mike.
1: You bet.